0: wasn't that so good just to be able to worship together? You know what, everybody? Um, I want to say to all the moms and all the grandmothers out there, happy Mother's Day. I know it wasn't the the way we thought it was going to (laughs) happen. You know, none of us could have seen this coming, but we still have so much to be grateful for, and I'm thankful. And, uh, you know, we've got a couple little special things planned before I jump into the teaching, one of which is we're going to be hearing from Phil. He wrote a a special Mother's Day song, and I think it's gonna be a tremendous blessing for you. But another is connected to the fact that I'm sitting in a very different place than I normally do. And some of you are going, what's going on here? And why is there an open space? The reason there's an open space is because I've got a special guest that I want to have join me right now in this moment. Here she is, Cheryl, My wife, 35 years, 35 years, mother of four adult children, and come. just recently, grand, grand, grandmother. And we just had our first grandchild, little Micah, Micah, little, little beautiful guy. And we're so grateful for that. So really, this is going to be memorable. It's the first Mother's Day that Cheryl's having with a grandchild. And this happened in a very different way than neither of us could have anticipated. But we still are very thankful. And I thought it'd be yes. so good to hear from Cheryl because, you know, Cheryl is not only uh, an example of, of, of being a mom and, and now a grandmother, but she's been with me and helping pastor the church for you know, over three decades and a long time. time. Yeah, since we were 25, young, (laughs) just young. And uh, she's been a mentor to many and a guide to even more. And so I wanted her to bless us and encourage us just for a few minutes before we share the song and then go to the message.
1: Thank you, honey. You're welcome. Appreciate that. I'm sure sure it wasn't a surprise to (laughs) you that that I was the special guest because after all, this is shelter in place, right? So who else is it gonna be? It's gotta be me. But I'm really glad, though, to be here and uh, celebrating Mother's Day with all of you. Mm. Um, in fact, this is a really unusual time for everybody, it is. and for, and for us. It is. Um, but but it has been there's been some some <laughs> things I've actually have found as is, is, is kind of hidden blessings. I would call it hidden blessings, um, because. We've never done this before. I mean, this is it's something the first time. we've never done. And I'm sure that yes, that all of you are probably <laughs> so, going well. Yeah, we let's never do. thought
0: we were going to have an online church. Exactly. Uh, basically, that's what we've been having yeah. though.
1: But first time, you know, for many of you, experiencing things that you thought you would never experience before. And so this is one of the things that we've enjoyed, um, actually having church together, the sitting next to yeah, each other whoa. and enjoying church. And <laughs> get our coffee. Get our coffee. Go downstairs. Listen to a very familiar pastor speaking, <laughs> no, okay. right? It's okay. so, but it's been really, you know, that's, that's been something that we've actually yeah, kind of enjoyed, t- enjoyed together. But we are looking forward to being together with you all again in person. Yes, we are. So, um, you know, I had found something Interior. kind of, un- yeah, kind mm-hmm. of unusual, uh, but it's, you know, all of you probably, many of you maybe have, have uh, spent some time cleaning out your closets, right? Maybe, maybe a couple times that you've cleaned out the same closet. But I have found oh. in the back of my closet, <laughs> our closet, this baby blanket. Baby blanket that all four of our children wow. actually slept on. Wow. Same baby blanket. They went, just took, took them all right through, through the nursery, the same nursery. Um, but you know, it brought back a lot of memories. When I, when yeah. I looked at it, I, I realized how quickly time has passed. And, and I'm sure many of you who are, have young kids at, at home, and they're probably running around right now, and it might be, feel like a little bit like chaos, um I'll just tell you this, you know, look at this time as a yeah. as a gift because yeah. it will quickly pass by.
0: Some of them are going, "Yes." Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> no. please. But
1: you no. know what? No. We in fact we were just talking about this. We said, you know, there was there was a last time
0: that's that true. we
1: had yeah, carried true. up one of our kids to yes, bed. There true. was a last time that we held their hand crossing the street. Maybe there's a last time that we actually brushed their teeth. You know what? Mm. We didn't even know it. No. We didn't know that there was going to be this last time. And I think if we did know that, we would have looked yes. in that season of life much, much differently. That's we true. would have embraced moments. Yeah, a lot, lot of more. a lot
0: of us miss those. Like we, we don't. Mm. The nature of life is we don't really we don't really note. Oh, that's the last moment. Yeah. But somewhere along the way, it, it occurs, and maybe that's an invitation to treasure things just I think a little so. bit more.
1: I think that I think we have opportunity right now to slow down mm. and to appreciate and to take note. That's great. So we need to be That's able to point. look at this. This is a very unusual gift. I yeah. know that some of you may go, well, I don't, I'm not sure I like this gift, but you know what? <laughs> this is a gift of time to slow down and to rethink, uh, you know, reassess, reset, and to be able to Have a little bit more reflection about your relationship with the Lord,
0: with with
1: other people. And so we need to, to, you know, we need to take time to, to, to take note.
0: Well, I'll tell you what then. Can you take a little time and pray us I into the next, uh, I next I little I part of our I, service? Because you do have a message to share. <laughs> I do, and we've got a song so, before that. And so we here have we a go. Song.
1: So let's pray. All let's right. Let's pray together.
0: With gratitude in our hearts. So
1: Lord. yes, Lord Jesus. And we do pray. We pray, Lord God, we welcome you in. Yes, and Lord. we are thankful for this day. This is the day you that you have made. Hmm. And we will rejoice. And we have opportunity yes. to rejoice and yes. to be glad in it. So Lord, we just open up our our space, our place, our home, our heart to you. Yes, Lord, we invite Lord. you to come in to fill us with joy, day, with hope. And we pray, Lord God, for your presence. Yes, we As do. you said, on this Mother's Day, yes. this day, Lord, where we can care and we can nurture we others around us. Thankful. So thank you, Jesus. Yes, we say all these things in your precious name. In the name of Jesus, yes. amen.
0: amen.
1: All right, Phil, take it away. Take it away.
2: to me <laughs> of a child can rarely see The blessings that come down from heaven now are so close.
0: blessing. One more time. Happy Mother's Day to all of you. I know it wasn't the Mother's Day we were planning, but it's okay. You know, there's part of me that's going to miss some of what we're doing right now. And um, I'm looking forward to finding our way back uh, to normalcy, whatever normalcy is going to look like on the other side of all of this. But I think there's going to be some things that I'm actually going to miss. And some of the things that we've been doing, we may decide we want to keep a few of them because they're good. And, uh, well, our series is engage. It has to do with putting our faith into action and growing things that are alive in tangible ways. You know, talk about Jesus in Matthew five and how he said, let your light. So shine before men, before people that they may see your good works, the goodness of your life and glorify your father who is in heaven, and how a faith that is real and vibrant, a love for Christ that is real and alive, is going to need to show up. It's inevitably going to do that. It's just like a tree bearing fruit. It's going to be more than in word. It's going to have uh, deeds connected to it. And that's how it should be. That's how it should be. But one of the interesting things, and there's another complementary way of thinking about what an engaged faith is, and what it looks like is through the lens of the, the tension or the, the connectedness or the complementary aspect of duty and devotion or work and waiting. Or maybe uh, put another way, uh, I'm talking about the, 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 the way in which faith shows up when it's both lived out practically and then at the same time personally. So that, I, I guess another way of saying it would be, the christian life needs to be something we live out right we live out it needs to be activated in goodness and selflessness it needs it's selfless in nature so it's lived out selflessly but there's another part of the christian life that needs to be lived into and i want us to keep that in our mind it's something that needs to be sat with and honored and, and in times of stillness and prayer and in, in reflection and carved out space and times when we need to do what I often call the, the, the time for long thoughts, long thoughts, not short ones, long ones, where we reflect over our life and what God is saying to us and where we're at and how we're doing with our priorities and what's most meaningful, that there are times where we listen to our lives the, with a listening ear and try to hear what the Lord would be saying to us, right? Those times. So the Christian life is both something we live out and bless others with. And it's also something that is to be lived into. They're both needed. They're both needed. In fact, they're they're so intertwined. Um, they're both needed. They're both part of health. And maybe there's no account in all the scripture that illustrates this truth more eloquently this paradox of our faith than an incident that took place between some friends of Jesus and two women in particular, whose names are mentioned in the 10th chapter of Luke, Martha and Mary, Mary and Martha. And their interaction with Jesus is just classic. It's not only a wonderful connection to Mother's Day. It's just a great, a great story, a great account. For us, wherever we are on our own walk with the Lord. And I just want to go ahead and, oh, and then one more thing about it. The marvelous passage, the, the exchange, it gives us one more gift. And I hope we can see it as we're walking through it. It's a gift that's so uniquely suited for this season that we're all in together. It's the gift of learning how to thrive in a anxious place. The gift of learning how to thrive in an anxious place. So let's look at the passage. Let's reset this. Let's look at this. Let's set the scene, the stage, and let's then engage it together. But it says this in Luke 10, now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village as he and his disciples. And we know from the other places in the gospels that the village was essentially a small town called Bethany, located on the Eastern slopes of the Mount of Olives, just outside of Jerusalem. And we're told there that a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And look at verse 39. And she had a sister called Mary. Her name was Mary, who also sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. So we're given a little bit of a description that there's a a dinner that's that's being prepared for Jesus and his disciples. And these are his friends. And they're preparing a meal. And evidently somewhere along the way, we're told that Mary... The young, who appears to be the younger sister for Martha clearly was the leader of the household. And they had a brother who many believe was the youngest of them all. You'll recognize his name. I know you will. His name was Lazarus though. He's not mentioned in this passage. That's a different occasion, but in this particular exchange, we're given insight into this wonderful moment where Martha and Mary are preparing a meal for Jesus. And, well, let's just read it together. It says, Martha was distracted. So Mary, in verse 39, she's just sitting at the Lord's feet and listening to his teaching. But Martha, verse 40, but Martha was distracted. She was consumed and focused with much serving. And she went up to him and she said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha... Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Boy, does that speak to us right now? Martha, Martha, you are, you are anxious and troubled about so many things, but one thing is necessary and Mary has chosen the good portion she has, which will not be taken away from her. Martha, Martha, Martha. I just, I love that. <laughs> just try to imagine Jesus saying that Martha, Martha. How did he say it? Martha, Martha, or Martha, come on, Martha, right? Clearly her legitimate concern was to be a good hostess. I mean, that was a very important thing to her. It mattered to her a lot. That's evident, I think in part. Martha's identity was connected to this. I mean, I I really do. I think she took pride in it. She loved and she loved Jesus. That's obvious. I mean, she loved Jesus and Jesus considered her a friend. He did. And, but, but Martha seemed to have the ability to be both a friend of, of Jesus, but at the same time felt a certain freedom with him that others maybe didn't always feel and, and, and maybe they weren't as comfortable with it and weren't given permission to have it. But even that had limits as we're going to see. And Martha didn't understand those limits completely. That's obvious, but I think she loved Jesus. And so on top of her natural gifting and desire and just her leadership in the household, I think, and her, her, the way she envisioned this moment was supposed to roll out that combined with her great affection for the Lord and just wanting Him to have the best that she could give. It set the table, if I can use that language, (laughs) for what took place. It really did. It set the table for an exchange that we'll never forget and has been a continual point of learning for all of us, for anyone who's followed the Lord down the centuries, really, um, you know, and, and, you know, you know, I might add that as I read this, as I read it, I couldn't help but thinking about wanting to have that time as well, when we too can again gather, right? There's something about what was happening here, being present with Christ, being present with others, sharing a, a meal with a large group of people being able to gather, being able to engage, being able to have people at our homes or be able to get to church together, all the things that we previously took for granted. And just being able to go to a restaurant together and sit together and talk together in ways that we are accustomed to. So all, you know, I just found myself connecting to the, these themes really, m- even maybe more than I would have. In fact, I think what we're going to find in the coming weeks is that this particular passage is something that we can live out of. I, I really have that sense. Because it carries so much for us. I mean, it it's even, means even more in light of what we're all walking through. And you'll see this. You'll see this. But, um, you know, Jesus, interestingly enough, he, he doesn't negate Martha's desire or love for hospitality. He just he doesn't say, Martha, what's wrong with you? What are you doing? You know, trying to make this meal for all of us. And, you know, he, what, he, what he does say, though, is that you're so anxious, Martha. Stop it. You're so anxious. You're so troubled. And one clearly does get the impression that Martha was irritated, that she was uh, agitated, that she was, you know, anxious and bothered and just, uh, you know, and I, I mean, she wasn't in a good place. And I think part of the reason, I don't think she started, I mean, she may have started a little bit frazzled. Maybe things were behind schedule and I just, you know, I, I get it. I get it totally. I mean, I've been around it enough to know how it works. She probably was a little more on edge. There were things that she wanted done and there was a particular way she wanted them done and that meant something because this is for Jesus, right? So again, all makes sense to me. And I imagine that, uh, Mary was helping her initially as were a few others. No question about it. It's definitely implied, but somewhere along the way, Mary had heard Jesus talking and it, it, and maybe it was a particular moment, but she stopped what she was doing and she just sat down for a moment and she got, got a place. And she just, I would assume set things aside and started listening to the words of Jesus because they were beautiful and something obviously caught her heart. And I don't know how long it was. We're not told exactly. We can kind of read our way into it, but I have a feeling it was a slow thing. You know, Martha already a little bit agitated and tense. Then wondering why this isn't being done. She told Mary to do it. Uh, next thing, you know, she's seeing Mary, you know, happy at the feet of Jesus, listening with a group of others to his words when she's supposed to be helping. And I imagine maybe it started with a, <clears throat> Or uh <clears throat> Mary. Help me. You know, I don't know. I don't know what she I don't know. Maybe maybe it was, what are you doing? Are you doing? Get over it. Help me now. Right? Maybe she dropped the dish down and said, <clears throat> maybe everybody got the got the message. <laughs> so Mary just listening away, right? Or maybe Mary was listening and got it. And saw the, the nonverbal and ignored her. What? And, and again, you know, th- for Martha, this is a time when everybody should be doing what they're supposed to do. This is a time for everybody being on, look, this is an all hands on deck moment, Mary. Hello, Mary. And she didn't say this, but that's basically what she said. What are you doing? I mean, she whispered it. I don't know. But her sister didn't listen. Mary didn't do it. Martha was not happy. And again, Mary, who I, we may assume, uh, had settled into a, a, a a place where she just wanted to enjoy listening to Jesus for a a bit for Martha. This was an unbelievable thing that she could be doing. This bordering, not just on, listen for Martha, it wasn't just bordering on laziness. But it was enormously selfish in her mind, right? I mean, I mean, come on, come on. That the, the fact it, for Mary had settled into a place of non-work. She had been distracted from her service. Mary had settled into non-work and had been distracted from her service and was sitting at the feet of Jesus. But in Martha's mind, you being selfish, that's right, you are selfish right now. you are leaving me to do all the work, and that is wrong right that's how she was thinking and we can go back and forth on this and a lot of people do and we're going to like I said in the coming weeks we can we're going to be able to sit with the, uh, this a little bit more and kind of linger on how we think the implications um, work themselves out and it's, 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 a, it's a great piece. It's a great piece. But I just want to consider for a moment what had happened. And I'd like to look at it through the lens of anx- anxiousness and anxiety. And uh, just what happened when Martha allowed this to just, I'm going to say it, to get the best of her. Because... Martha in her, and it's worth noting this Martha in her agitated, anxious state, uh, really, and this is implied, but she, she really damaged the environment and, uh, robbed it of its joy. She did. If I can put it this way in her desire to serve, she actually disturbed the peace while she was trying to bless. She subtly undermined that blessing. Think about that for a moment while she was trying to bless. She actually in her own way, undermined that blessing, or at least hindered it with the tension and the vibe that she was bringing into the room. And, and we can do that. Look, I, I, I've done it. And, uh, <laughs> more than a few times, if I'm being honest, but under pressure. You know, we can drop into a negative place. Yes, we can. And we can damage moments that had or have the potential to bring great joy because we're irritated, um, because something is bothering us or because we're disturbed or anxious about the things that need to get done. And, um, you know. I look at this and I go, wow, you know, a lot of times we can not only damage an environment, we can, we can actually damage relationships. Indirectly, we can create hurt with people. Yes. Even that we love. And I, I do think that's something for us to watch out for during this season. A lot of us are around people more than we're accustomed to, and we we'll, might have to work extra hard at being joy bringers rather than bringing the negative. And I know that's easier said than done, but at least we can, we can ask the Lord to help us not to undermine the blessing by being um, out of alignment with the Lord's way in that desire to, do the, to give the blessing. Yeah, it's a subtle thing, but I, I hope we understand it. And, and again, another thing to be aware of is that Martha's anxiety led her into, look at this. You see it. If you look closely, you'll see it. It led her into negativity. She started to complain. She, she started to actually accuse and she overstepped. I I have no doubt in my mind. That's what she did. And again, anxiety will, will lead us into negativity and, and that negativity can, can can actually show up in ways that are very counterproductive and destructive. Think about what, think about what she did. She interrupts this and she, she says, Lord, don't you care? I mean, think about what just, we read it and we go, what? Oh, she says, Lord, don't you care? Doesn't it bother you a little bit here? (laughs) Excuse me, excuse me. Doesn't it bother you right now that Mary is neglecting her responsibilities and she's leaving all the work to me? I, I, I think this should bother you. And Lord, he, you need to stop encouraging her I, and you, you need to stop encouraging her and I need you to tell her to help me. She's not listening. And you are in a way, just letting this be at a time when I think you need to be stepping up and say something, wow, you, you, you better be really confident (laughs) to tell Jesus that I mean, or just oblivious, right? Because I mean, that's a huge leap to go from, I'm irritated with Mary to telling Jesus what he ought to do. Whoa. (laughs) And I do think that's what happens to us. Things that would normally not be the way we would respond when we're anxious and tense and feeling stress and pressure, which I think some of us are feeling right now in this season, well, we can focus on the, the wrong things and, and then we forget who the Lord is. Yes, we do. And we can become, if I can say this, too casual and too familiar with sacred things. And we can fall into a place where we lose sight of the holy and fall into negativity. Because that's kind of what had happened here. She lost sight of the holy and fell into negativity and, and we can do that. We, we, we can fall when we're anxious. We can lose sight of, of the holy and drop into places. We shouldn't go. That happens all the time. It might've been happening to some of us these past few weeks or days. We're drifting into things that the Lord doesn't want us to drift into. We are, and they're not helping us. They're more toxic. I like get the one that real dangers at this time when we're lonely or we feel afraid or unsettled or concerned or anxious is that we try to solve that in ways that are not helpful. And instead of honoring the things that the Lord has taught us to embrace, we, we drift into an unholy place. And in the end, the one we're really hurting is ourself. And and again, I I think I want to, I want to just point out that. Anxiety unchecked can easily lead us into a negative place. And that's why we just, you know, we can't live there right now. We just can't. We, we, we cannot afford to live in a negative place. It's just, it's just not something we, we can afford to do. I, I'm seeing this going on and I realize that that's exactly what was happening here. And, you know, God doesn't want that. God doesn't want that at all. And I was looking at Martha and I'm saying, wow, Martha, what are you, what are you doing? I mean, your, your anxiousness is, is just putting everybody into a negative kind of environment here, and this is not good. This is not good for anybody. And yet that's exactly what had happened. Right. And her anxiety led her on top of that to, to underestimate what I think is the most essential, to lose sight of the most meaningful. Oh, wow. That in the end, his words were more important than a meal. That as wonderful as that meal might be, it was not just that her service and hospitality didn't matter. Because they did. It mattered a lot to Jesus. It was just that there was something even more needful than that. And I suspect it was a God moment. I suspect that what was going on here was something that she was missing. That, that um, there was something special happening that the Lord was saying. And... Mary had caught it. She had. Mary caught it. And so she had stopped what she was doing. And she stopped to listen to the words that caught her heart. And in a way, she was treasuring the thing that could never be taken from her. I mean, the meal was good. It really was. But... And, and I'm sure Jesus was going to appreciate it and it would, it would be a blessing. But his words in this moment, it's quite possible that that treasure, uh, that was the real treasure. Martha was so frazzled, so pressed, so tense, so stressed, so anxious that she could not see what was happening. She could not see. She was missing something beautiful. And because of her anxiety, the good had undermined the best that, that's worth saying again, because of her anxiety, the good had undermined the best. And that can happen to us. If we're not careful, we can let the good undermine the best. So I, I want us to be appreciative of what we've just shared back to back here. In one hand, we can wander in and miss into places that. Uh, damage us because we're, we're not, we're not being patient and our impatience, we create problems for ourselves, but there's also the sense that sometimes it's not, and and we wander into something that's not good. It's negative. It's toxic. And, and we step, we step into places we shouldn't go, but there's also the other side of this, which is that we can, we can sometimes miss our moment and it's not a bad thing necessarily. It may be a good thing, but that it is hindering the best thing that's what I'm saying. And Jesus was in a way getting at that. He, you know, he was saying, look, it's not that what you're doing is, is necessarily bad, Martha, although the, the troubled part of you, that is. The, the meal part is actually a good thing. It, the way that you are being in this moment, that's not a good thing. But the, the other, your motive and, your, and what you're doing, it's, it's good, it's not bad. But the best, what you're missing is the best thing. I hope we can appreciate that, right? And it's something we're going to sit with more in the, in the Lord willing, in the days and weeks, in the weeks ahead, we are. But in these anxious times, and they are anxious times that we're in right now. They are, no matter how we slice it. But in the midst of that anxious time, this anxious time, the Lord invites us to the best thing. He invites us, to hear his word. He invites us to settle our soul in him, to exercise that positive patience. Yeah. And so it would be helpful for us to reduce our anxiety and not increase our trouble by responding in ways that aren't helpful. In other words, this is not a time, look. This is not a time for self-inflicted wounds. It's not. I mean, I don't think there's ever a great time for self-inflicted wounds, but this is even worse time for it. Because the times are troubled. And Jesus taught us that we are to be very careful not to borrow from tomorrow's trouble. It's so easy to do. It is. We start walking down a road in our mind. We start catastrophizing. We start exercising nonfaith or unbelief, distrust in the goodness of God, what he ought to be doing or other things like that. The, The point is we start walking into places tomorrow that we're not supposed to go at all. Like we start borrowing from tomorrow's trouble. And the Lord reminds us, don't borrow from tomorrow's trouble. There's enough stuff today to deal with and I think some of us, and I've, I've mentioned this a lot, but you know, we, we are not just even sometimes content with today's trouble. We want to borrow tomorrow's trouble. And then we're not just content on tomorrow's trouble. We can then say, I want to not only borrow tomorrow's trouble and to deal with today's trouble, but I'm going to go back and, and re re grab a hold of yesterday's trouble. Like I'm going to go back into my past and start lamenting that. And I'm telling you, I'm convinced some of us have actually done that. We, we have, we have spent time toggling between Today, tomorrow, which is so, like we're borrowing tomorrow's trouble. And then we're toggling back over into yesterday's mistakes and the could'ves and the should's and the why didn't I's, right? And we're just getting stuck, like paralyzed, overwhelmed by burdens that the Lord didn't even ask us in any way, shape or form to carry. In fact, we, he's all he said is, look, you got enough stuff to deal with today. Settle your heart in me. Draw near to me. Listen for my words, do the things that we're doing right now, right? We're this Sabbath for us. Sunday is Sabbath. We are hearing his word. This is our church. It's, we are, we are a people. We share familiarity. Uh, it's different than hearing someone who has no idea of who we are or who we haven't had a chance to be present with in, in a personal way, uh, you know, we have a relationship in this, in this church. We have community. We have a sense of ease. We've known life here. We've had a chance to observe leaders up close and personal. So we're connected in a very different way than with other places and, and other ministries, many of which can be wonderful things. But this is our home. And, and so by taking time to share this moment together We are being a people, like a family in the Lord, part of the larger family of Christ, but also a local family, like a a family that is ours in the Lord, a community of fellowship that we're connected to. That's very important. And we get to have that moment, but it's important to settle ourselves there. That's why what we're doing right now has great meaning, because we're just settling our soul together. We're listening to His words together. And again, This is not a time for self inflicted wounds. So let's not borrow from tomorrow's troubles. Let's not try to re grab a hold of yesterday's regrets. Let's just be trustful with the Lord and settle our heart in Him. All right? Because He is, in a way, asking us to do the same thing that Mary was actually doing. Uh, He's asking us to sit at His feet and listen. And if you think about it, the very position of Mary implies humility and receptivity. Just like when we bow our knee in prayer, or open up our hands to Him, or lift them up. We're we're saying, I'm open, Lord. I'm open to Your words. I'm open to You. And, you know, I think that's something God wants all of us to do. And it's something we can do. It almost feels more natural to do it at this time. And so, uh, let's take advantage of the opportunity. So here's what we're going to do. I want to, I want to finish this. I want to come back final, final little thought and pray over all of you and send us in the week together. We'll have a quick song that we're going to share, but yeah, I mean, it's just something I want us to be able to enjoy together. It's true. We won't have a formal giving time. And I get that, but many of you have been quite faithful. I did want to say that to you. I know some of us can't give the way that we've been accustomed to and uh, can't give in our normal ways. We just don't have it. But some of you have been able to step into that gap and you've gone beyond. And I need to just bless you for that. I bless everybody. I pray for provision and also for protection and healing and life. And I'm just grateful for being able to lead a church like you all. <laughs> so, you know, if you do want to, if you do want to, of course you can, you can give online, you can give on the website, you can send in, send in, you know, check like some of you have done. It does isn't any way that works, but, um, we're just going to enjoy this, this together and be grateful that God's allowing us to share this. And then I'll come back around and close us up. So here we go.
3: silence steals my voice you understand me you understand me send me
0: Now again, I know it wasn't the Mother's Day that we envisioned. I I understand that. But again, there's so much to be grateful for as we transition into the future and adjust to new realities of, you know, as we're doing it. Let's trust him. Let's trust the Lord with our tomorrows. Today and tomorrow. We place them in your hands, Lord. We do. We do. And then let's remember to make some time to sit at his feet. And I would add one more thing, you know, write down some of your thoughts, journal them out and, and share them with friends, especially if you have a small group that you're connecting to virtually and online, we're doing a whole lot of that. you can get involved in one of those, not, not that difficult. Just let us know that you want to be involved in community. We'll get you in there, get prayed for, connected, there's a lot of stuff going on. But this is a time for open, open hearts and open hands. It is time for open hearts and open hands, humble places that God's calling us into. And you know, when we talk about sow water and reap, it not only has to do with the message of Jesus going out and producing life as we share it, right? Sow and water and see the harvest. But so it's not only something that it goes out, a reminder, the sower goes out to sow. But it's also something about what God wants to do within that. There are things that God wants to sow within our heart and he wants us to water that, and he wants us to reap a harvest from it. So you see that live it out and live it in. So water reap. So let's pray together. Uh, Lord, we thank you. We love you. We bless you. We give you this day. We give you this week. We give you the weeks ahead of us. And we ask that you would just settle our heart and teach us to love you and to be at peace in your beauty. We do, we're so grateful. We're thankful for your love. We're thankful for your presence. Calm our minds, calm our minds, Lord. Ah, we thank you, we thank you. Isn't the Lord so good, (laughs) so God. So let's remember, so good and so God. And maybe do some of that inside our own heart as well. Blessings to you all. You are very loved. Bye.